What's up, everybody? This is the Toy Photographers Podcast. We have an amazing episode for you today. We got D-Amazing on the other line. We're going to have an incredible episode. We're going to get into all sorts of topics today. What is up, D? Hey, wait. Thanks for having me, first off. Uh, I, I can't say enough. I, I love to be on stuff like this. It's great to get out and talk to people. So thank you again for having me. Man, you are welcome. It is a pleasure. And I have been a longtime fan of your stuff for, for years, man. So it's really a pleasure of mine to be able to have you on the show. I'll come on whenever you have me. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Man, you, uh, you have an incredible Instagram. You have an incredible YouTube page. You have you know, so many avenues that people are able to access your content. Like, I just want to go ahead and just start it off. Like, how long have you been doing toy photography, man? Uh, I, I often lose count. That's why the uh came in. Because honestly, uh, if we're going to say how many times I've done it, uh, it's rough because it's been a long eight-year road. But I think to say professionally where people have noticed me has been the last four years. Because I definitely wow. spent the first four years being terrible at this. Wow. I'm not going to try to sit here and lie about it. I was not good. It took years and years of practice and uh, learning and refining, not being colorblind anymore, and boom, here I am. Nice, man. That That's incredible. I didn't know you've been doing it that long. So did you just kind of learn about toy photography from, from social media, or how did you get exposed to toy photography? I was always doing it, and but I was invited to Instagram where I learned about ACBA, too, by someone who had the, right, right now I cannot remember. Whenever I'm put on the spot, I can never remember. I was invited to someone, I joined the group, and I learned, and then I wanted to go further, so I went and tried to learn more, went back to school and took some more photography classes, got certified, and then uh, I continued to practice on from there and now. Because even though what, you, what you're good at with photography doesn't always translate to what you're good at posing, and I was always good at posing, but I was never good at photography, and then vice versa. So here I am now. Dude, you're amazing at both. Did you get, you say you said you got certified. What does that mean you got certified? So certified is going, uh, taking any sort of photography classes at any sort of school that offers these things. And you get a certificate that says, hey, you took these classes. You technically can be a licensed photographer. And it took me like a year and a half to do it because I was taking classes like all the time. At the time when I was doing all that, I was actually a doorman at a celebrity building doing night shifts. So I would spend like six hours of my day that I should have been sleeping taking like photography classes. That's incredible, man. So you were just hustling, hustling, working on your craft. Yeah, pretty much. So did you like have any big inspirations? Like when you first started that kind of gave you the, the momentum, you know, maybe, maybe there were some big photographers out there whenever you first started that influenced you. Like, is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, there was tons of people who I actually, I, I worked with or I've done something with and they've, they were great to me and, and growing up and getting to where I am now. One of the longest friends that I have uh, that I met through Instagram is uh, uh, Space Koji, uh, Justin Rick Cavesos. Uh, there's Randy Goodbye Horses. There was Boog Nice, who uh, I learned from, who is an AC, who runs ACBA. There was One Cam. All of these people are people who I looked up to when I first got here years ago. And uh, and Nick Stockton. These are people who I who on Instagram. These are one of the very first people. Who, who I met and kind of helped mold me into who I am. And it's been a, like a great experience learning from them. It, there's tons of more people, but whenever I put on the spot, I can't remember. Cause there's still people like Savage Serenity, Al for the win. And some, these people aren't, some of them aren't doing it anymore, but it's crazy because these are the people who helped teach me. That's how crazy that is. Wow. 
Wow. Do you, do you feel like those connections kind of kept you going like throughout your toy photography journey? I think everyone you meet is, is what keeps you going. I think the people that you meet, how you go about it, what they teach you, what you want to continue to do all help you in some way, no matter what you do, when you meet a person, it helps you choose what you want to do from there. And I was saying it on my personal Facebook the other day. Well, yeah, about a couple of weeks ago, I, I made a very long post, but I'm going to summarize it, um, is that everyone you meet and everything that they do affects you and other people. So where you go somewhere in the world, no matter how you get there, somebody else also has to take that journey and take a different path. So you have to be acknowledging of what people do and how they do it. So you should be thankful for everyone you meet. That's incredible, man. Yeah, I, I can sympathize and, and definitely like agree with that statement because that's something that I personally want to take away from every person that comes on this podcast. I want to learn from them. It's not something that I have any sort of expertise or professional knowledge. It's just I, I love to learn. I'm glad that you have that same attitude too, man. That, I think that's what makes you so good at what you do. So how do you think your photos, man, since you first started out, like, how do you think they've improved? Because you said, you know, the first four years, you were very new at this and you had a lot of, I guess, I guess, a big learning curve. How do you see yourself improving over time? Like, do you just enjoy it more or do you, is your process different? How do you feel like you've changed? I have constantly evolved since I first started doing it. First off, I started off on colored construction paper and it was green and orange. <laughs> Nobody remembers those two. I think the only people that I can tell you right now who are going to remember that are Randy. Uh, uh, it's probably going to be Randy, Nick Stockton, and uh, Savage Serenity. Those are three people I can tell you right now who remember back in the day when I just used orange construction paper and green cloth, and I was doing it at my desk in the middle of the night. And uh, it started with trying to learn how to pose and stands and things like that. And I was like, you know what? I was just having fun. And then at some point, I told myself, I need to take this a little bit more seriously so I can actually enjoy it some more. But then, and I won't lie, I started to get a little terrible at it. And I, what I mean by terrible, I started to become a little obsessed with it and too toxic with it, with both myself and others. And I took a step back and I was like, I need to unlearn everything I've learned so far and get back to not only treating myself and enjoying it, but taking the time to go, all right, what does this person think? Understand the criticism and what they're saying to me and, and take it in without having to be negative about it. And then I learned uh, that took a long time and that was a process. And then uh, there was some other personal stuff that happened. And I said, you know what? Again, I need to get back to enjoying this and, mm. and making it fun. Because if it's not fun, it's not worth it. And that's kind of like my first priority with this. It's not about whether or not I'm taking a good photo. For me, it's am I enjoying this? When I look back at this picture, do I smile or am I upset with myself? Because if I'm upset, I'm doing something wrong. That's amazing. So you... You really approach toy photography from the enjoyment aspect and you gain so much from this personally. Like a lot of people, I feel like sometimes, you know, maybe, and I'm not saying everybody does, but a lot of people I feel like sometimes can get in that mode of where they're just posting and they're not enjoying. I had to take some breaks too, you know, when I was doing photography and just really step back and realize why am I doing this? Kind of like you and just, is this something I'm doing just to do it or do I really enjoy this? I mean, that's amazing, man, that you're able to be so self-aware, improve your craft in that way. Like, are you more interested, do you think, in like the process of toy photography or like the finished posting? Like, are you, do you enjoy the process or the posting more? I think I enjoy the process more. The photos are just like the, uh, it's like dessert for me because I can sit down for hours and do a million setups and I can never post anything and I'd still be happy. 
it's like a writer and an artist coming together and creating a comic book. For me, I'm all of it. I'm the, I'm the writer, I'm the penciler, I'm the inker, I'm the colorist. I can literally make it whatever I want it to be, and I go, wow, that was fun. All right, I'm going to bed. Like, the picture part is the bonus because now I get to share that with you. Right. Which is why I started to share the process more with people. Because I realized people don't, some people, and I'm not going to say it's everybody, because some people clearly don't understand that, all right, uh, there's this final product, and there's everything that went into making that final product. Some people enjoy just the final product part without having appreciation for the process. So I'm just trying to open up people's hearts and minds to the, the other part of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I love your behind the scenes because you're able to see like the incredible setups that you get. And I'm always blown away by the amount of figures on one scene. It's like always mind blowing. I love that stuff, man. Army building stuff is probably my favorite thing to do. Honestly, it's just pure fun. But it's really because I have this whole thing of against all odds. I used to read tons and tons of comics from overseas without yeah. understanding a single word of them. But the artistry alone would be crazy because it was always a one guy or two guys against an entire army of people. And the scenes in action was so vivid and stuck with me. I just kind of, I ran with that idea. And that's kind of something I really enjoy now. It's like, why would you collect 50 stormtroopers and never put 50 stormtroopers in a photo? Why not challenge yourself to go, how can I fit 50 stormtroopers in a photo? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That's inspiring, man. It really is. I'm going to jump on over to uh, some questions, actually, from uh, the 112 Collective page. I, I threw up some opportunities for people to ask you some questions. So the first one I got is uh, from Ryan Brady, 33. He asks, can I drink something other than water? Juice, maybe? Pop? <laughs> oh, pop is a Southern thing where they say that's for soda. Okay. I yeah. think that you can drink other things as long as you moderate it, including water. Moder water should be moderated, too. I think... The, the whole thing about drinking your water came from a lot of the times there's a stigma about people who collect toys as being like, you know, that stuff. So I just kind of want to remind people like, hey, man, be a little bit more healthy when you're doing this or anything for that matter. It's just like a reminder like, hey, man, I know I sound like a mom, but just a, <laughs> couple, just a couple of glasses a day and you're like, you got clearer skin. You have a little bit more energy just yep. to give you that little pep in your step, you know. But if you yep. want to have a soda or you want some orange juice, I say feel free. There you go. I got my glass of water right here, Ryan Brady. So I was prepared for this this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well prepared. Well prepared. All right. So another question from Giga Beetle. Hey, He's, Giga Beetle. I love that guy. He says, pew, pew. When is Plastic Curves coming back? Okay. Okay. Giga Beetle, I promise you and everyone else who has asked me this question, Plastic Curves will come back in podcast format. It will be at least three episodes a month. I can't promise more than that, but I can give you guys at least three episodes a month, starting with the new year. We have a total of six recorded so far. Nice. Well, there you go. You heard it from the man himself. All right. So my figures asked, what is your favorite comic? And also, what did you think of Batman vs. Superman as a movie? Uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, I did not like the movie, if we're talking about the live action adaption. I think that's what he's talking about, yeah. Yeah, Batman v Superman I did not like. But uh, that's my preference to it, and not because it didn't follow the comics. It was really a matter of, yes, the cinematography is beautiful, but I just didn't like the direction of the characters and the way it was done. It just wasn't for me. I'm mm. glad everybody else liked it, but I just did not enjoy it. And I, I missed the first question. What was the first question? He asked, what, the... what was your favorite comic? 
my favorite comic, like of all time or just in general right now. He didn't say. He didn't say. Yeah. If we're talking about right now, uh, one of my favorite books to read right now is probably um, uh, Punisher Kill Crew, which has been brilliant and ridiculous all at once. Then we have Absolute Carnage. And uh, there's actually a ton of great books being written right now. And I just can't name them all. And then there's a bunch of minis going on. Cosmic Marvel has been amazing. But uh, even Nick Spence's Spider-Man is finally starting to take off for me where I'm like, yeah, this is really good. So there's some of those. Uh, and Tom King's Batman is amazing as well. Really oh, yeah. enjoying the psychological take on that. But yes, did not enjoy Batman v Superman, so I'm sorry for those who are big fans of it. I'm glad you guys enjoy it, and I'm glad it made all the money for everyone. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I definitely love the cinematography. I love Batman, that suit that he had in that movie, but definitely have to agree with you on that one. All right, so Brock.Westfowl, is that how you say mm-hmm. it? Uh, he says, what what tips do you got for people just trying to start photography? Okay, okay. Uh, I would say follow the same advice that I'm going to give, but also uh, take it with a little bit of obtuseness, which means which what I'm trying to say is even the advice that I'm giving you, you got to do what kind of works for you. So tweak it where you see fit. Don't follow it to a T. The first thing I can tell you is get really good lights. Uh, watch a bunch of tutorials on lighting. And even if you don't have a proper background, one sheet of construction paper can go a long way. Trust me, I know I did it for two years. So mm-hmm. lighting is definitely one of them. Don't, it doesn't matter if you have a DSLR camera or your iPhone. Lighting will definitely pave the way for you. Nice. Good stuff. Shadow Toys asks, on a desert island, you can only bring one toy line. Which one is it? That's a good question. I'm bringing water, the, the toy line of water. Because on the a toy line of water. I definitely don't want to die <laughs> But if we're talking about if I already had water and supplies and things like yeah. that, yeah. I would probably still bring the Shokik, uh, Shinkeko Seho Kamarada line. At the end of the day, I love a ton of lines, but I have a personal affinity towards Kamarada due to my older brother. We have a very special relationship with that. So Kamarada is my number one. Kamarada. Yep. Nice. Nice. I have no idea. And I love your Kamarada stuff, but it like goes over my head. I have no idea. I I love it, man, but I have no clue. That's incredible, man. I I do love Power Rangers though. So I mean, I know it's is it related? People yes, are gonna and, no no people are gonna laugh at me. <laughs> no, it, it, that's kind of how it works. So in in Japan, Power Rangers is based off what is called Super Sentai. That's where they take all the adaptions for in America. And oh. Super Sentai is set in the same universe. Oh, so I didn't they, know that. Sometimes they even cross over. So all the Tokusatsu heroes, for the most part. With the except, well, that's even happened. Ultraman has crossed over with Kamen Rider back then. But there's been times where, at one point, so either they will cross over for this year's teams or vice versa or with an older team. It's kind of like one, it's like their version of Marvel or DC. Okay. Wow. I did not know that. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate the info. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's a big thing over there. It's been 40 years for Kamen Rider. Actually, it's now 46, I believe. Wow. More. I can't remember. And then uh, I think Super Sentai is reaching their 40th soon. That's amazing. I had no idea it's been that long. Yeah. Because I remember when Power Rangers started up in the States, and it was like in the early 90s, right? 1992. 92. And I remember my mom, she made me a hand-sewn Red Ranger outfit, and I, I went around my school just like karate chopping everybody. I loved it. Nah, you had a good thing going. I trust me. That's, <laughs> what, that's what most of us did. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so we got another question. Uh, 
underscore a bunch of numbers. He says, how old were you when you started collecting? Uh, I can't remember the exact age, but I remember when comics were still a dollar twenty-five, and I was collecting uh, the Marvel superheroes line. So I don't know how old that makes me, <laughs> but uh, I was around that time. So I'm guessing ninety-three. Oh wow, ninety-three, ninety-four, and that's me as a kid. But if we're talking about as an adult collector, uh, since I was nineteen, and I'm gonna say that because you're older than eighteen, so that technically makes you adult. But as an adult collector, I was able to, I was already buying my own stuff, but now I had a way of displaying it in my college dorm. And I was like, I started to pose them a lot. Didn't take photos of them yet, but I was posing them up almost all the time. Like I would do things like have a uh, Savage Dragon holding up a Marvel Legend back then from Toy Biz. You know what I mean? Stupid yep. stuff like that. I totally have to uh, say I did the same thing. I started getting back into toys when I was right after college. So. No, no shame, man. No shame. Another question from uh, Deadpool underscore ACBA. He says, how does it feel knowing that you inspired so many people to take on this hobby? That's actually, uh, that's actually a very tough question to answer. Simply because I often forget that there are people looking up to me. I try to set the example, but most of the time I kind of block it out. And not like in a bad way, but because... At some point, you go, if I'm that influential to people, like, I hope I'm not doing anything wrong, and you become a little self-conscious. So yeah. I try not to do that stuff. But it is a wonderful experience when people hit me up and go, hey, man, you inspired me to do this. And it, like, insincerely makes me happy. Like, I know it's hard to translate through a text message or, or a message that I'm sending someone on the internet, but it does mean a lot to me that people can go, hey, man, I bought this thing because of you but now I'm, I'm like i'm really happy because of it so it makes me happy to know that it really does man that's yeah for sure i definitely can say the same thing you've you've helped me uh decide on many many a figure so i'm in the same boat as deadpool underscore acba last question is from Ariam underscore error he asked were you in the military i have military family but i am not been in the military and trust me, my uncle has trained me to death, and I did not enjoy any of that. Gotcha. It's very well, hard on me about that. I have an aversion towards guns because of that, so I don't really okay. like guns. Which is why in my videos, I'll always be clueless about a gun. But but seven years of knife training, and and trust me, you get really good at hurting people real fast. <laughs> nice man. So you into martial arts a little bit? Yeah, it took twelve years of it. Nice, dude. So that's a, that's where you get the inspiration for all those moves on the on the ACBA stuff. <laughs> well, they're, they're all real moves for the most part. If, if even if even if you don't have the dexterity to do the crazy superhuman stuff, for the most part, most of it is real forms. Nice. I love that, man. You actually uh, you inspire me to whenever I first started toy photography, and I was just kind of browsing YouTube, and I found your account. I was just amazed at how lifelike your posing was and that was something that always inspired me is you really focus on the anatomy and you focus on making sure the pose look it looks fluid it looks realistic and so that's is that something that you really try to like focus on absolutely it's one of the things i constantly tell people if you ever want to get better at your posing the very first thing you can do is study anatomy back then action figures were posable but not posable not like now so it's crazy that i'm able to say all right, anatomy-wise, 
how would this go here? How would this work here? And that's kind of how it works. Where if you're going to be Spider-Man, Spider-Man has the ability to bend in ways that us as humans technically can't do that. Not for long periods of time. So he can get away with doing certain things. Whereas a person that like Luke Cage can't do a split. But he can power lift you. So you have to adjust according to character. And that's kind of the thing is that because I've read comics so long, I kind of know them all very well. Or at least I have a sense of it. Yeah, it's it's always good, man, whenever I see you busting out Spider-Man, because I'm like, I forgot Spider-Man could do those crazy moves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, usually, that's usually how it works. <laughs> like, we all know ninjas do crouching poses and things like that. Yep. Daredevil is kind of always seems aloof. Head, his chin is always up because his radar sense, you can't actually see. So it's kind of little things like that you want to kind of pay attention to. Yeah, it's the nuanced stuff that you really excel at, man. It really, it's amazing. So how long do you think it does it take for you to get like a shot that you have in your mind? And how long does it take from setting up and then getting the shot and then being able to post it? Like how long is that timeline for you? Uh, that, is, that pretty much varies. Like there's certain stuff that it could literally take me two seconds just because I've, I, it's kind of like second nature to me now. But yeah. then there's other stuff that can take me a day. Like it would literally take me 24 hours because I'm so frustrated trying to figure out how to angle it. How to make sure the stand isn't always too visibly seen. How do I make it so that it doesn't take away from my shot? Things like that, which I was actually quite frustrated with last night. And I, for the first time in a long time, I gave up. I was already too tired. I just I just got back home. I really want to nail the shot. But at the same time, I'm tired and I should go to bed. But I kind of try to stick it out and it just didn't work out. Do you try to, try to challenge yourself whenever you're shooting? Like, do you try to say, you know, I can do better? <laughs> yes, all the time. And, uh, Sometimes I get frustrated because I'm I'm kind of running on time constraints now. So, but if I wasn't, I would totally challenge myself to do things I've never done. Uh, even light. Light is something I've only really started to play with in the last couple of years. Before that, it was plain Jane white light. I right. use daylight bulbs because they give you the best of finish. Like they give you the best efficiency of light. They they glow a bright white. I don't usually have to diffuse it because I can use my ISO very low. You know that was something I very much enjoyed. And that's why you got the high quality of detail in my pictures before. But light, playing around with color, has allowed me to manipulate a mood, set a theme for it, kind of make the colors seem fit for what's going on. Little, little things like that have really changed my style. And even yeah. when I go back to regular light, I go, I, it's almost like second nature. If it's white light, detail. Mood lighting, you aim for the, the situation. So I've kind of set myself in a way of that. But even I'm trying to challenge that and go outside the box. I'm trying stuff in the dioramas, mess around with funky colors, all sorts of stuff. Nice. I heard on another podcast you did recently, are you starting to do more stuff like with editing your photos? Do you are you editing I, at all now? I never edit my photos. I'll probably edit my videos, but <laughs> I'll never edit my photos. It's not that I don't like doing it. I just don't think that'll ever be my strong suit. And I don't think that I should take away from the other things I'm good at to try to make myself only okay at that. I'm not one to get stuck on things I'm not good at. I just don't. If I'm not good at it, I tell myself, okay, I'm not good at it. And that's fine. I don't want to get hung up on something I'm not good at because some people, and, and I guess I used to do this as a kid because my mother tells me about it all the time, when I wasn't good at it, <laughs> she would get, I would get really upset and she would tell me, like, it's okay. And I would be like, no, it's not okay. I need to be better at something. So mm -hmm. I've learned as an adult, I don't have to get hung up on that kind of thing. Nice. So you just focus on your strengths and just try to make your strengths so strong that your weaknesses kind of disappear. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and even I don't even consider it a weakness. I can just consider it 
this is not a skill I can do. But that's yeah. why you have a good circle around you and friends that go, hey, I can't do this thing, but you can. May I have your help? It's, I don't think that's something that should be seen as a weakness. I think it's more like if I can't do something and somebody I know can do something, I've given them something to do now and vice versa. Nice. Man, you're teaching me so much. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's always you, a lesson to be learned. There always is, man. Do you do you see yourself as like an influencer? And like, how does that really affect you as an artist and like having that big a following on a day-to-day basis? Is it something you're thinking about or how does that affect you? I don't think about that kind of stuff at all. I don't even consider myself an influencer. My At, at my normal job, my coworkers make fun of me like all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, they make fun of me like all the time. I just really don't think about it because when you, I don't like the term influencer. You okay? This is me. This is me personally. Sure. I ha- I have nothing against it, but the reason why I don't like being called that is because it kind of not only does it put you in a stigma of those who are negative influencers, and I don't mean like terrible things, but I mean like the people who you know, all right, buy, 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 consume, consume, consume. It's like I get that. It's part of the job, you know. I just yeah. don't want to be that. Even in my reviews, I've noticed that people don't like the fact that I don't speak loudly and negatively about things. And, like, I don't focus on that stuff. It's not that I'm not negative. It's I like to review what I like. And that's fine. I mean, if you don't like it, I think that's totally cool. But there's no reason to say, like, oh, I don't like it and you shouldn't like it. Like, I don't care. There's nothing against you, but this is why I bought the toy. You don't have to buy the toy. And that's kind of what happens when you get popular. People assume, like, you have to do these sort of things. You don't. I, nothing has changed in my format in a way that it made it seem like I, I like everything. No, I just only started to review things I like or things that I want to review. Outside of like things like given to me to review by companies, even the other stuff that I review, is, it's the same thing. Nothing's changed. What happens is that people take their bias and multiply it towards me as opposed to just going, oh, nothing's changed. Because once you take away that bias that you have towards a toy or an aversion that you have towards a company, nothing that I've done has ever changed. It's just people's preferences. Gotcha. I mean, I personally think that you're someone that's a positive influencer. Like, I don't see that as a negative thing when I say influencer. Um, yeah, I know, but it's just, sorry about that. It's just, it's like, uh, it's tough because when you become popular, everything you say is scrutinized, no matter what you do. Good or yep. bad. True. And that's why, I, and that's why I don't like the term influencer because once you get on the other side of it, you understand like everything you do is now under microscope, every single thing you do, and it's not fair to the person who is trying to live a normal life outside of already providing a service for you. When I first started watching your reviews on YouTube, I always appreciated the fact that you weren't focusing on the negative and that you weren't harping on it, and you always found something to enjoy about a figure, even if there was something glaringly, obviously wrong with it you're like, I'm still finding ways to enjoy this. And so that's what I always took away from your reviews was like, okay, appreciate the fact that you are able to, you know, focus on the positive, even though there may be something that you don't like. Yeah. And and that's my thing. Like, that's what I've always tried to do. Early on in my reviews, it was kind of just me rambling on, sounding nervous until I finally got a stride for it. And I realized, eh, I still don't really like doing this, but you know what? I'm starting to get the hang of it. And you know what? I've realized what was making me uncomfortable. Uh, well, part of it was I don't like being in front of a camera, whether I'm behind it or in front of it. And it's really hard to try to harp on negative things, which is why for a long time I stopped watching any other reviewer because I noticed that 
other reviews kind of just stacked on all the time. I hate this. I hate that. And I and I kind of it would bother me because now I had to kind of find what was different. So for me, there would be things that people didn't like, and I went, eh, that really doesn't bother me, you know? And, yeah. and it's fine. But yeah. because I watch other people do it, and I realize that's what happens, it kind of persuades you already in a, in a way. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like your, your mind already takes it all in, and you have to be careful of what you take in. So I try not to consume things that don't fit my mindset. And not that I'm not open. It's just if somebody hates something, why would I watch them hate it for 12 minutes? Exactly. And I, I can relate that to whenever I go see a movie that I'm really excited about. I won't read any reviews, any sort of speculation or anything about the movie. I just want to go see it and be able to appreciate it first and decide without having anybody influence my thought. And then once I'm done, then I go and read and see if they if they thought the same things I did. So, I mean, yeah. I could that's that's how I kind of look at it, you know, like the way that you're doing it with reviewing your figures. And I love that. Yeah, and it, and it makes more sense to me. And it's like, and what I do is after I'm done, I can go, all right, breath of fresh air. Now I take in somebody else's opinion because I, mine is already set in my way. Like, I've already set it in my own brain, you know? Yeah. So it's tough. So when you, you know, when you watch someone harp on one thing they didn't like, suddenly you go, you know what? I really don't like that either. You ever notice that? Like, no matter, it's, this could be anything. Like, if you hear someone say, they hate mac and cheese for eight years in a row. Eventually, <laughs> you'll, you'll hate mac and cheese too. You know? Yep. yep. What's that old saying? Show me your five closest friends and I'll show you the next five years of your life? Yep, pretty much. Yep. That's why I strive to do something different. That's why I always try to focus more on my photos than I do my YouTube. And it's crazy because I still only consider myself a photographer, but I'm more known as a reviewer than I am a photographer, and I find that crazy. It even says at the beginning of my reviews. I'm a photographer, but everyone knows me more as DMAs and the reviewer than they do the photographer. Yeah, they do. That's true. How long have you been reviewing figures on YouTube? Six years, six or seven years. Oh, six wow. or seven years. So I started right after I actually started learning about photography. And if you, and if you can still find my old stuff, that was absolutely terrible. It's there. <laughs> it shows. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. You definitely have changed your setup. And I think that, uh, only comes with you know just doing it doing it doing it and doing it yeah and learning i kind of throw out these big nebulous questions for toy photographers and i just want to ask you this um, where do you want to be man in 10 years like where do you see yourself like in the community or just personally in 10 years i just want to not be dead and happy i can't ask for more nice i can't i can't tell people I want to be famous, and that that would not even be true, not even remotely. I still just want to be able to enjoy toys. I want to be able to live a happy, healthy life, and and continue to bring happiness to both myself and others. That's that's all I can literally ask of anyone. Does it feel like something that you have to really think about on a daily basis, like with the with the toy photography thing? Because this, I know you're a private person and you keep to yourself, but like, is this something that kind of like? you're always on your mind when you're thinking about your social media stuff, or is it just something that you just are able to come and, you know, do your thing and then you're able to put it aside and just go to your, your normal li everyday life. Or is it something that you're always thinking about? Oh man. Uh, I've actually never been asked that. <laughs> That's a first. Uh, it's crazy because I can be going about my normal life and it's now at the point where my toy life is more prominent than my normal life. <laughs> 
like my toy life has literally become my life now. So it's a little weird. It's now becoming that. And I did not, I can tell you right now, when I started doing this, never, ever expected this to happen. All I, I, I can tell you right now, I told myself six years ago, I want to be a toy reviewer. And I want to I make sure people enjoy toys. And yeah. I'm here now. And I'm still doing it. But sometimes I actually don't enjoy it because I see the amount of negativity ju- that just surrounds. There's a big dark aura around the toy community that I don't like. Yeah. And uh, it bothers me because I can't change it. I'm just one person. I can't change it. No matter how hard I can fight and advocate for it, I know it's not going to change. It only changes when people want to change. So I don't try to change people. Instead, I stick to what I can do and I try to just be good to everyone in a way that, you know, it'll, it'll rub off on them and they can pass that good on to others. That's all I can do. But uh, as far as uh, it blending in, it's like, like I said, it, it gets to a point where my coworkers like laugh at me because we're, like, we'll be out doing something I'm like, oh, you're the amazing. I know your voice. Like it literally happens all the time. And I think it's great because I'll, I'll do whatever. If you want me to sign something or take a picture with you, I don't mind any of that kind of stuff. Nice. So, yeah, I, I think it's cool that people go, I enjoy your stuff enough to take a photo with you. Like, people have to really enjoy you as a person from what you've given them to want that. And I think that's very kind of people to want that from me. I think that's dope. So who am I to say, I can't give you that? Even if I'm, I could be having a bad day and somebody be like, yo, man, I want to get a picture with you. It'll immediately cheer me up because I know that out there, I've made someone happy, even whether it was on purpose or by accident. I've now made someone's day better just by going, I'm going to take a bunch of cool toys and, and like mash them together in a cool setup. So that's why I keep going, even when I feel like I can't. Even if I think that people can't relate to me or they don't know me, and that's why I stay private because I just try to put out the good and you take the good for what it is. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, it, and it's working because clearly people are happy. Which is, and then sometimes there are days... And even though yesterday I felt like, man, sometimes it's like, you know what? If I stop now, it'll be all right. I could just do nothing and pet my cats for 20 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, and then, and then somebody came up. Well, somebody messaged me today. I'm like, hey, man, I really enjoy what you do. Please don't stop because, you know, I really enjoy watching your stuff. So I go, you know what? It's reason enough. Even if I just do one every now and then, it's still enough for somebody to go, you know what? They're not going to get in trouble. They're doing what they want to do. They're happy. You can pass yeah. that on to others. Why not pass on happiness to others? For sure. What do you think the toy community needs to focus on? Like, how can we, what advice would you give to how can we be better humans? The same thing I said in, in uh, the Batman Figs uh, podcast, DC Toys and Collectibles, is that sometimes you, it's, it's hard to explain. Because it, there are things that we as people, and because of the internet, the decay of information, the way things move so quickly. Sometimes we have to stop, evaluate things right now and go, did this person mean what they meant? Yeah, they did. Okay, do I have to address it? Mm, not really. Because at the end of the day, it's still the internet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't have to... I, it's not to say that cyberbullying isn't real. It's very real. Um, but at some point, you can go, all right, cool, block. Like... You don't have to, certain things you don't have to put up with. Certain things you do, obviously. But if there's a way you can go, I don't need this negativity in my life. How can I cut the fat out? Do it. Because you'll catch yourself passing on that negativity the same way I'm trying to pass on good. Negativity mm-hmm. is like a, a really, really fast virus. It's like the common cold that mutates into the flu. Mm. Like, 
one person has it, they pass it on. You ever been, you ever had a bad day and yell at somebody, and then they immediately pass that yelling on to somebody else, and they, oh, they yeah. pass it on. Yep. It's the same thing. Somebody gets mad, you know, they get mad and they go off on somebody. Now that person is mad and they don't know how to take it, so they pass it on the next person. And that's why then in my videos I always ended with do good and be good, because when you're good to people, all you can do is pass on good. Even if I'm having a bad day, I try to never ever pass on what how I'm feeling and what's going on to another person. And I don't. I don't always achieve it every day, but I do my damn best to not do it. And if I do catch myself doing it, I apologize to that person. But there's plenty of ways that you could go, all right, cool. You know what? Today is not the day. Let me stay on social media. Why would I go on social media and go, all right, I'm going to curse this person out? Right. Just because I feel bad. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, it's not right. But honestly, not everybody's going to think that way. Not everybody's going to enjoy that, and there's nothing you can do about it. So the best you can do is... Maintain your self-care. Maintain a positive outlook when you can. Maintain your uh, mental health. That's very important. Because a lot of times people will do this till it's toxic for them. And again, don't do that. You, you shouldn't get all caught up in this. I know this is a, an escape like comic books that we all read. But when the escape becomes a reality and you are toxic in that, it affects everything else around you. So you have to be very careful. Yeah, and that's something that all of us can take away from, like as toy photographers, because all of us are so passionate about our craft and are passionate about this hobby. And, you know, like you said, like we have to have that self-care, that mental break, even in our hobbies and our passions. It's like it's healthy to be able to have something that you can do outside of toy photography to be able to just take a fresh, you know, a refresh or read a comic book or just take a walk or go outside, spend time with your dog. And don't focus, you know, on toy photography 24-7 because then it can become something toxic, like you said. Like, it can become to the point where that's all you do. And if you're doing that all the time and you're not taking a break and refreshing and being able to look at it with a fresh attitude, you know, I can say just personally that it, it gets toxic and it can help you. It can hurt your own relationships. Absolutely. I 100% agree. If you are doing this 24-7 all day, every day, eventually you'll go, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm tired of everybody with everybody else. Like you start looking at it like it's a virus to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've learned to, that's why I take small breaks. And not to get on anybody else. It's just, you know what? I was, I've been running rampant and may, people may not know that. People may not know I've been doing it like two months straight. I've been working on stuff. Eventually you got to go, okay, I'm going to take a week for me. That's not, that's not a long time in the sense of doing it for eight weeks in a row. I'm going to take a week for me. Yeah. And you got to, you got to, because otherwise you're going to burn out. Absolutely. Burnout is another thing. Again, it, it, your mental health directly affects how you treat both yourself and others. It is a reflection upon you. And if you are wearing yourself out all the time, it's going to reflect in every other thing you do in life. It's going to reflect yeah. at work, with your loved ones, everybody. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just curious, man, like what is your views on like, exercise like do you got like a regiment do you do like do you just stay hydrated 24 7 like can you give the people a little bit of a window into your your daily life do you exercise you said you did martial arts i am no. terrible now i'm not <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not fat though but uh hold on oh. i'm gonna take it i'm actually taking a drink of water hold on one second oh you're good um, gotta stay hydrated <laughs> absolutely it's a very warm day today um I don't exercise nearly as much as I used to. I used to actually lift weights and exercise and, and do it 24-7. And then uh, being a doorman kind of ruined that for me. It messed up my entire sleep schedule because I did that for so long. So uh, I don't sleep for long periods of time. I get very restless. Don't stand still. 
So uh, instead, uh, what I do is I, I kind of just lift when I can. I do my basic cardio, a couple block, uh, you know. Well, in New York City, I run around the park, and then uh, I definitely just like hit the weights. I, I go right up in my attic. I hit the weights in my weight room. I kind of just do simple stuff to make me kind of remind myself, like, all right, we're not going to get fat. But also, we can allow ourselves to be a little lazy. Because having 10% body fat as opposed to having 2% body fat, it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely all about, you know, what you want out of it, for sure. If you're happy, and if you're happy at 10%, then it means stay happy. And you're unhappy at 2 exactly, then get back, back up to 10%. Yeah. For me, it's just a matter of as long as I can... Uh, Still bench press 300. I think I'm okay. Oof. I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> well, it, it's it's not a consistent thing because I go away a lot for work. But yeah. if I can always get back to it and I don't have to struggle too hard at it, I think I'm okay. Nice. And I, and I never try to go past 300. And it's not about not knowing my limits. It's just a matter of I know a nice, safe goal I want. Because I've seen people... Literally, like, all right, you know what? I haven't gone to the gym in six months, but I'm going to bench press 450. And then they, they blow their back out. Or even worse, they do powerlifting, and then they pass out immediately after they put the, the damn weights down. And it's like, dude, just relax. You can't ease your way back into this. <laughs> yep. There are things like that where I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to slowly get back to 300, and I'm okay. Right now, I'm at, right now I'm at like 240. I'm like, oh. And that's, that's 240 with luck, if I'm lucky. Yeah. Do you do it? Do you do it for the mental health, or do you do it for like? How do you kind of frame your exercise? Like, what is your motivation? Don't be fat. That's I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even gonna try to sit here and lie to you. I have a pretty decent metabolism, so I don't have to work too hard. Nice. You know what I mean? But if I yep. catch myself at like getting a little gut, it goes all right. You know, you cut down to having seven beers. You do two, and you go work out. You know. Yeah. But uh, that's really all my motivation is. Don't be fat. Like um. And if I ever actually get scared, I may go a little too hard. But it's, it's nothing. It, it, my wife is telling me, you know, do more yoga. Get, get flexible again. So I'm like, you know what? Let's try yoga. I don't see a problem in that. So now I'm trying yoga, and it's all weird to me. But you know what? I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning new stuff. And the, and the reason why yoga is weird to me is because as a man, there's, there's a lot of times, and as a black man especially, I try to explain to people, there's a lot of times when people tell you, be a man. But nobody ever explains what being a man is. Right. So, so you don't actually know what that means. It's like, yeah, don't, don't do that. And don't do this. And it's like, but you don't even know basic hygiene. Why am I listening to you? Ooh. No, yeah. I mean, as, as men yeah. in general, like, we, we, a lot of men will tell other men, and this is very, uh, I hate this because it's problematic. A lot of men will tell other men, you should be a man about it. You should man up. And I'm like, okay, what is that? Yeah. You should lie to her. I'm like, that's not being a man. <laughs> you know, it, part of being a man that other men will tell you is to be more problematic and instead of actually owning up to stuff or actually learn about proper hygiene, you know, mm. it, it's, it's ridiculous the amount of things that people will tell you what to do without actually knowing it themselves. Right. You and I are very similar in our, our methodology and the way we approach stuff. I, I just have such a higher respect for you now that I'm learning so much more about you, man. I, I definitely I approach it the same way. You know, if you're going to be coming at it from like a hard headedness and you're just saying, Oh, do this, do that. It's like, no, you got to be able to be teachable. And I think that's how you've been able to succeed in what you do is man, just stay teachable, stay humble and just being able to learn. If you're, if you're a learner and you're constantly learning from other people, you're going to be just growing. You're going to keep growing. That's incredible, man. Well, thank you. I mean, I think 
There's nothing wrong being open-minded. Shit, sometimes it's even okay to be closed-minded, and that's fine. But you have to be able to articulate those words and explain that to people. What I'm learning is if you, if you can't open up, there's no point in trying. You got to yeah. just try. You got to try. That's right. Man, thank you so much, dude, for coming on the air. I really appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate you having me. I, I always enjoy stuff like this because it lets people know that I am not the stutter bug I am in my review. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely more articulated than uh, than uh, you let on in your reviews, man. I'll, although I'm not, I'm not saying you're not. I love oh, your no, review. No. It, that's 100% <laughs> true, though, because I, I tell people all the time, like, uh, interviews I am great at because I, I know how to talk and, I, and it expresses how I feel without having to open up a can of worms like in a review. Um, it's tough because sometimes in a review, you are trying to give people information without letting them, uh, well, see, I almost did it. Uh, <laughs> where <laughs> I am trying to op- be open with people, but at the same time, try not to reveal too much. Because sometimes when I review stuff, there's stuff I know that's not public information. So I catch myself and I'm like, oh, oh I got to change my words. So my yep. brain will completely frazzle, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't, I, I'm not jealous of your, uh, of that kind of information that you have to be careful about. Cause it's, it's definitely something you have to be conscious of. So I, I, I commend you for that, being able to withhold that info when you're on the reviews. It's very tough. So where can people uh, connect with you? Obviously they already know who you are, but if anybody doesn't know who you are, where can they connect with you on social media? Okay. Uh, hi, my name is the amazing for those that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at D2 underscores amazing. So that's D little bar under little bar under amazing. Or you can go to my website, which is d-amazing.net. Or you can email me from my website. And most of the time I do answer when I can. The only thing I pretty much do not answer to is personal questions about my life. But I'll answer most toy stuff within the capacity that I can. And yeah, that, that's what I do. Awesome, dude. And also, you can find me at Dagoba underscore days. You can find the 112 Collective page at 1.12.collective. And you can find the Toy Photographers Podcast at Toy Photocast. And my mantra for this, uh, D, is just we are storytellers. As toy photographers, we, we're telling stories. And that's something that you really embody, man. You're always telling stories, whether it's, like you said, taking one versus 100 and you're always able to spread that joy of toy photography. So thank you so much, man. And whatever you want to say, man, open up the mic. As always, do good, be good, drink your water. But more importantly, uh, if you catch yourself out there, you know, just being a knucklehead, try not to be. Sometimes it's tough. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you don't know that you're being a butthead. And you got to go, you know what? I should really chill. Because... You have to put yourselves in other people's shoes, which I'm learning, is that if you don't want that being a thing, kind of don't do it because it could always bounce back on you. And that's fine. But it's also like, you know what? Stand up for what you believe in. Unless what you believe in is a farce or you're, you're a jerk, then don't believe in that. Don't do that. I love it. Do good. Be good. Drink your water, folks. You heard the man. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to drink water, don't, you know, like the guy said, you can have a pop. You can have some juice too, but yep. do it moderately. You know, don't drink five gallons of soda. I think that's terrible. But yeah, you you could definitely have some health issues for sure. Yes, but two gallons uh, of water don't hurt though. Don't hurt. That's for sure.
All right, man. Thank you so much. And everybody have a great day. Bye. Bye. -bye.